how's everybody doing this week? I hope you're doing well. And I realize that uh, that seems scripted. <laughs> it is a little bit. But I, I genuinely, I genuinely care about how your week's going. I, I hope it's going well. And I hope that you've been using the time to do the inner work we always talk about. You know, the difficult stuff, the inner connections uh, that uh, will lead you to emotional health. And in the spirit of that, what I thought I'd do this week is uh, share with you the experience of one such person who's a member of my Facebook education group. And if you're interested in joining my Facebook education group, you can do that right from thelastsymptom.com. I mean, the links are there at thelastsymptom.com. Now, I'm going to give you a warning. You've you got to answer two mandatory questions in order to be able to join. But you do that, you're right in. You know, we don't take a, a blood sample. We don't do any DNA cross-matching or anything like that. So it's pretty simple. Obviously, I'm not going to share this person's real name. But I do want to share her comment with y'all because when I talk about inner work, this is what it looks like. You know, most of it is the work you do in private. Just while you're living your regular lives, the work that's going on up here in private as you're going about your normal life. So we're going to make up a name for this person, and uh, we'll just call her Miss X. And Miss X has been thinking about the principle of capacity versus ability, something I've talked about in great length in the past. Capacity versus ability. You know, it's imperative to be able to distinguish between these two things and to really spend time meditating on the significance of each one. If you're interested in going back and listening to the episode where I first introduced this principle, you'll want to listen to Season 1, Episode 19 of this podcast, and this was back when it was still called The Last Symptom of Borderline Personality Disorder. But Season 1, Episode 19, and the title of that episode was Defining Reasonable Versus Unreasonable Expectations, the Principle of Ability Versus Capacity. But back, back to Miss X and the excellent inner work that she's doing. As always, in the interest of clarity... I've made some slight adjustments to her wording here and there, but the following is her own words. She says, Capacity versus ability has been buzzing around in my head for a while now. It's not that I don't get it. I understand that most people have the capacity to drive a car, but they need to learn before they have the ability but today, I think I really got it. As a child, I was often told that I would never be capable of getting a job or a husband 
or look after myself, never mind having a child, among a myriad of other things. But at the same time, at the same time, I was expected to be capable of thinking and feeling like an adult. How many of you can identify with that? I can. I was supposed to be capable of predicting and understanding my mother's feelings and behave accordingly, even when she could not do this herself. Ever since I was about eight, I've been trying to do what I'm capable of, not what I'm able to do. My therapist asked me in shock a few weeks ago, so let me get this straight. If I tell you something, if I tell you something isn't humanly possible, you'll finally stop trying? This was in relation to me burning out at work and continuing to try and work through it despite being told it's not possible. It also explains where the burning shame connected to my son's death comes from. I tried everything I could to warn him of the danger he was in while he was taking drugs and uh, I even begged him, I begged him not to leave me to arrange his funeral. You know, uh, this is about the 10th time I've read this, but the first time I read this, this, this really got to me. He said it was fine. He knew what he was doing. I was able to go to my son and speak to him about the way he was brought up a couple of years before he died. I told him how sorry I was and how hard I was trying to show him that there was a better way. But he refused to blame me. It was much easier to blame his father. I was able to go to every court appearance before he went to prison. I was able to get to see him in prison, even when he didn't think I could. There were many things I was able to do for him in the last few years before he died. I thought, I thought I had been torturing myself for not being able to stop his death, but it was not being capable of stopping his death that I've been torturing myself with. Not being capable of climbing inside his body and changing the course of his life. Not being capable, capable of forcing him to see that he had nothing to prove to anyone. I'm still struggling with whether I wasn't capable or whether it was that I wasn't able to stop him from buying drugs the last time, uh, that last time. He behaved as if nothing was wrong, but my instincts were telling me something was off. I've also realized that the symptoms of borderline personality disorder feed into grief 
or the other way around. Instead of feeling guilt and anger as a normal part of the grieving process, I felt burning shame and rage. which stopped me from being able to grieve at all. I'm sure that this is happening in other ways as well. There it is. Miss Z's. Very real. Very intimate. Ongoing inner work. Seeing people do this type of work thrills me. Because there's no negative to it. It's only constructive. She's doing it the right way. It's painful and necessary. If you'll notice, in all the times that I've talked about the principle of capacity versus ability in the past, I've not ever applied it in this particular way. That Miss Z has. But Miss Z's application of the principle is perfectly accurate and spot on. The principle does apply to recognizing our limits. So I highlight what she shared with my group for a couple reasons. Number one, It perfectly highlights the type of inner work and rumination or meditation that everybody who's trying to move from emotional unhealth to emotional health should be doing. She and her work here is the model. Miss Z and the work that you you just were privy to is the model. But also, I can't possibly explain, I, Brian Barnett, can't possibly explain every single principle and law that we discuss here from every single possible angle. It's not possible. So what I try to do instead is I I try to explain the laws and principles in the best way I can, in the way that time allows So that when you, the listener or the viewer, is thinking deeply about it later and applying these things in your own life, then you'll discover the multitude of other aspects in which these things apply. Now, think about this for a minute. What if Ms. Z simply stopped with her superficial understanding of my explanation of the principle of capacity versus ability and did not bother to think any more deeply about it? What if she had not bothered to see in what other aspects of life this principle obviously applies? Or in what other aspects of life it provides direction and insight? She may... She may have totally missed out on this big light bulb moment, this big aha moment that she had recently and that she shared with us. You know, that's a possibility or 
she may have been waiting a long, long time for me to get around to applying the principle specifically in the way that she personally needed. Instead, what she did was the work. She did the work. And because of it, she got an enormously positive result out of it. You know, I, I, I'd bet cash money that this is something that's it, like a light bulb in her head and that she's going to spend the next few weeks if not months, uh, in amazement over applying it to all these different aspects of her life. Beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So, here was my reply to her comment. I said, uh, very, very good, Miss Z. You're starting to get why it's so imperative to be able to make a clear distinction between capacity versus ability. It applies to so many different aspects of life, and here you've applied it in a couple of really important true life situations. You know, I primarily use it to explain to people why it's not unreasonable to expect things of ourselves and uh, things of others, such as uh, parents, partners, etc. But you've applied it in other areas of life perfectly. And I hope that others will follow your example. That there are some things we simply do not have any power over, such as other people's decisions, is perfect application. We literally lack that capacity. So it's not constructive at all to fight against it and to try to control other people's lives. If you combine this with the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority, plus the principle of a humility, do you know what humility is? It's not complicated. It's simply recognizing and respecting our real limits. That, that is humility. Humble and humility are not the same things. So I said to her, that if you combine what you've this big aha moment you've had with the principle of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority, along with the principle of humility, which is just recognizing and respecting our real limits and being content to work within those limits, not expecting more of ourselves than we can reasonably do, then your entire world view could change overnight. She replied this way. I took Brian Barnett's advice and I went back to the laws of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. Only this time, I read Brian's article and I only read the black bits. (laughs) That confused me there for a second, but she says, I did not add the quiet, yeah, but... (laughs) as I did when listening to the podcast. I just read what Brian had written. Also looked up the principles of humility to see what they actually were compared to what I believe they were. Brian, you were spot on. There has been a fundamental shift in my perspective since yesterday. 
It does smart a bit that my lack of humility has played such a big part in my life. I had always truly believed that that was not a problem I had. The refusal to hear the word vulnerable and turning it into the word weak so I could keep going, all of this demonstrated a lack of humility. Today, I took my phone and my headphones to the park so that I could take photos of the deer and so I could also listen to the last symptom podcast, season one, episode 29. What defines your character? It was definitely the right thing to do. You know, there's more to it, and the discussion is ongoing, but I at least wanted to share these parts of the discussion with you and give you all a model to follow. Miss Z, the model to follow, and share the progress, the real progress, the measurable progress of another person with you. It's an exciting thing. So much more I could talk about that with you, and... uh, I, I even in another recording of this I did, but uh, it didn't record. <laughs> so I had to record this whole thing all over again. Now to, today's official topic is one that I've that I teased last week. What can dogs teach us? Mm-hmm.